come back. Oh, yeah, man, how you doing? You good? I know you like that. I know you like that. Presented by Van City Buzz. I'm Jazz. This is co-host Rob. Rob, how are you doing today? Excellent. How are you doing, Jazz? I'm all right. We've been the first time doing this in oh, but over a month now because really there's not much going on in the summer, so we thought we'd take a little bit of vacation from it ourselves. Of course. <laughs> Enjoy that beautiful uh, Vancouver summer. It was nice. It's kind of getting ugly now again, though. You know what I realized yesterday? Because we finally had a cloudy day after a little bit, like or the rain was just pouring. I'm like, this is kind of depressing. You know, people from Toronto say it's kind of... De- I, I really felt it for the first time with the clouds yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've had a good run. I think, uh, you know what? It, it's the, uh, it works perfect, though. If you're a hockey fan, yeah. you, you get the nice summer weather in Vancouver, and then when the weather's crap and you're going to go indoors anyways... You want to watch hockey? Oh, you could be in the sunshine like Ryan Kessler is now, 365 days a year in California. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll get to him, I'm sure, at some point during this podcast. Okay, so obviously fall is here, so hockey season is around the corner. The preseason's in full swing. I got preseason fever. How about you? I don't. I don't. I despise, <laughs> I despise preseason anything. I, I think it's crappy to watch, but uh, it's been kind of interesting this year with with what's going on with the Canucks. I got a chance to go to their first home game against San Jose when they did the split squad. Yep. And I got to say, man, for the first time. And I, I go to three or four games a year. It's not like I go to every single game. But when I am there, I've noticed ever since the 2011 Cup run, the atmosphere has been dreadful mm-hmm. on most nights for a regular season game. And it wasn't close to, I'd say maybe it was 60, 70% full at the game I went to. But the energy level seemed a little bit more up there because they had these kids in the lineup. So it was interesting to see that, that what these kids bought in it because it's such an unknown and i think that's why people are legitimately excited to see because it's either gonna be like oh, okay they're doing all right or it's gonna fall flat on its face so totally totally you know what i thought was interesting about that first preseason game was they started the game at six o'clock and you look in the stands there's nobody there yeah like, it was as empty as i've ever seen and i'm like oh my god they really are having trouble <laughs> but then yeah as the period went on I guess people were just late to get to the game, didn't know it was at 7, or didn't thought of the game was at 7, or just couldn't get off work, I don't know. Well, it would be tough, it would be tough if you don't live, obviously, around Vancouver to get in totally. for, for a 6 o'clock game after work, but, totally. I mean, it, it was the energy level, and I didn't get a chance to try any of the food, I'm not going to lie, I did have some Budweiser's yeah. that I did help myself, <laughs> so maybe that helped the energy level be a little bit up, but... Um, I, I noticed that when Shinkarek and, and Vey and these guys, because they all scored in that game, and, and Horvat scored the winner, yeah. um, it was... It was cool to see these players, even though, I mean, yeah, you could see Bieksa guys when Subban scored that they were just going like, oh, hey, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, the energy that you saw from these kids, we haven't seen that from Vancouver Canucks players in a long time. So it was it was definitely cool to see. Definitely. I mean, you know what the game, what I was most intrigued about, I, I don't know why, I was fascinated for whatever reason about the game in Stockton, California. You know, the first game. Yeah, yeah. Was a, the other split squad was in Stockton. I didn't even see the highlights for it. Did you see them? There were no highlights. Okay. This was the unseen game. It was not broadcast. <laughs> on TV or radio by Vancouver or by San Jose, and it wasn't streamed anywhere. The game basically didn't exist. Maybe because Stockton is a dump and people don't want to go there. Right? Exactly. That's part of the reason why. But so. and now, I mean, you know, the scuttlebutt now is because uh, Jacob Markstrom cleared waivers, and the only time they, they allowed him to play was half a game in Stockton. Oh, you think it was pre-planned? The crater Jim Benning? Is I that think, what you're saying? I think they probably picked Stockton <laughs> as the game. I mean, they didn't. Apparently, they didn't want anybody to see him, and they wanted to sneak him through waivers at the quickest, the earliest time they could. And I guess it worked. I mean, who knows? He might well, it was interesting. I was reading an article on by Botch on the 
I think it was the day after he cleared was it was it month, uh, last week or whatever earlier this week and uh, you know he is and if you look at it that way he is only 24 years old and you know what I mean who knows what he's going to be and I, I think people have an expectation not only in Vancouver but uh, any sports fan base when you have a young guy like oh if he's not good right away he's not going to be good and with with the goaltenders we saw Corey Schneider gradually yeah. work his way up to being a uh, elite goaltender with Markstrom we got to give it a chance we don't know yeah. what we're getting here you know what I think as Canucks fans we've been hurt before <laughs> Yeah. So I think everybody. Too many times. I, I think everybody expects our prospects to be bus unless they go somewhere else. Then we expect them to be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. John yeah. Schreiner, what a bomb! What a bust! And then he goes to Minnesota. And we're like, ooh, I don't know. Maybe they get up too early. No. No, Jordan Schreiner. <laughs> I think we all saw that. From he the got start. waived actually yesterday, so he's, uh, you know, available to anybody that wants him again. One of one of the interesting picks that kind of wanted to touch on when, when we just started this was Brendan Gaunt. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's been horrible, he hasn't shown anything. What it, Do you think he'll be a regular NHL one day? You know what, I mean, I haven't seen him play a lot, so I can't comment too much, but the word on him is, is that he's slow, he's big, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't play, he's not a big bruising kind of player. And he was, I mean, he was when he was drafted, he was drafted as a second, you know, I guess potentially a second line center. Now the talk is he's a bottom six winger. Ooh. So that's never a good thing, right? When you're, when you're so, starting off like that. Yeah. So he's like Jim Sandlack 2.0, basically. Yeah. I mean, I remember he did have a decent preseason last year. Scored a couple, uh, scored yeah. A couple of yeah. Like I mean, it's so early for these guys. I know a lot of people want to want to anoint or bury guys right away, but it's so early. I mean, but it does. It doesn't look great for him. Do you think any of the young kids have shown any? Which one of them do you think would be the one that we're going to put on the roster that you would, if you had the choice, you would put on the opening roster right now? Yeah, and that's a, that's great. Actually, that leads right into uh, we were asking um, uh, some folks on Twitter if they'd ask us some questions, give us some ideas for the podcast. Um, you know, because we don't want to do all the work ourselves because we're lazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, well, why don't we roll right into some questions on Twitter um, from? Arpen uh, at Rumar1 on Twitter. Uh, he asked, well, first of all, he asked, when will Arpen be on the podcast? No. I guess he wants to <laughs> <laughs> And he says, on a more serious note, if you could pick one of, one of the three, Jensen Horvat or Shakarik, who do you pick? And I'm going to ask, and I'm going to add, and why? <laughs> well, at this point, I've really liked him since I saw him play last year. I got to go to a couple of the preseason games last year, too. I would go with Shankarik, simply for the fact that uh, I understand, the, obviously, the contract situation with Horvat. It might not be the best thing for him to go back another year in junior. Yeah, but junior NHL. He can't go to the AHL. I think watching that, that game against Arizona, another thing I know, again, we were saying it's preseason. I understand that. But if you're watching it, they just lack offensive firepower yeah and they, they didn't have that last year and they were kind of lacking that the last year Vino was around but I think if somebody if you have somebody who has a flair for it I mean in, in Shinkarik the great thing is yeah you can send him back down if need be if he doesn't fit in for the first four or five games and keep Horvat around as well as because he's got nine games before they send him back give him a shot he's the one who shows the most potential offensively defensively you're gonna have to grow with growing pains that any of them are going to have but offensively I would say he is the guy right now because he's a better option than a Yannick Hansen or yeah I yeah you know what I, I'm sort of torn on this because I think I do think Shikarik's looked the best um, but he's also small he's also young I really would love to see him do a little more in the AHL show me a little bit in the AHL and then give him more of a prime time opportunity I don't want to see him play fourth line minutes like I, I just don't think that's a good idea and I really wouldn't I really wouldn't like him 
them to give him a spot and then take it away real quick. I just I just have that feeling it's going to be like a Sergei Shirokov kind of thing where it's like, oh, hey, you're top six, and then like one bat or you know, one mediocre yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, now you're fourth line, and then you're in the press box, and then you're in the minors. But I do think he's probably looked the best, and he scores goals. So he just he just has a nose nose for the net, right? Uh, Horvat, I think he's looked capable. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see best case scenario. He's you know fourth line center, which I. I guess if, if they really play their fourth line a lot, I think he can develop in that. I don't think it's the end of the world to send him back to junior. I know a lot of people are saying, what has he got left to prove in junior? What is he? It's not like he's tearing up junior. Like he, For me, he's like another Ryan Kessler. The offensive upside, I remember his first couple of years, he scored less than 10, 15 points. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't good at all. But he was very sound defensively, made the right yeah. plays. Didn't you don't have to deal with any bonehead mistakes really? And I see a lot of that in Horvat. He's able to yeah. win faceoffs, do little things defensively. He'll be okay, but he's not going to set the world on fire offensively. Can he develop into being really good offensively? Absolutely. Yeah. He's not going to set it on fire coming in. And I think what they need from there, because the big issue now is where is the secondary scoring going to come from? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that with Hor- Horvat, I think if they play the fourth line a lot. And he does prove to be better than, you know, they've got so many third and fourth line guys Then I think it might work. Um, I actually think that Nicholas Jensen's the way to go. I, I, I saw enough that I liked, that, that I liked from him last year. He, so he's a, little, he's a little more seasoned in terms of NHL experience. He's had his time in the AHL. I think I think he's the guy. I think I think because you can throw him in a third line role. Have, at least he has speed and he can get some shots off. For me, at least at first, I, I would go with Jensen. If it doesn't work out, okay, boom, you send him to the minors. Well, you're just saying what you're going to do with the opposite of what Shinkarek. It's the know, same thing, I, man. I, I, mean, I want Shinkarek as I think when you, you've never played pro before. I think I'd like to see him do it a little bit in the AHL and then see how he fares there and then bring him along like that. I'm sort of loathe to bring like to just hand a guy the spot and unless you care really well, he's earned it i don't think he's i don't think he's being handed anything he's he's had a great preseason in terms of offensively great. i don't know in, in terms of a 19 yeah. year old offensively i mean defensively he hasn't been great and yeah. he, he hasn't but he is the one guy on their team who i'd yeah. say even more than uh, second to verbata maybe yeah. who's been the biggest goal th- scoring threat well i guess maybe to push ourselves into another uh question from twitter uh vincent uh, Vichu BC on Twitter. Uh, he says, "Which third or fourth liner would you trade or bump to make way for a youngster, Hanson, Higgins, Matias, or Richardson?" And I think that rolls right into this question that we're asking now. I, I kind of think if you're going to go with the young guys and you want to make that that move, you've got to make a room for them because I think it's going to be too mm-hmm. tempting for Willie Desjardins when Jensen gives a puck away or is, is and is not scoring or Shinkarik or anybody. It's really easy to go, okay, put Yannick Hansen on there. It's like that security blanket, right? Put Higgins in. I don't know, Hansen, Higgins, Matias, Richardson, if you had to dump one guy? Hansen, all the way. <laughs> Hansen, all the way. No, yeah, we, I think we've talked about trading Yannick Hansen well, yeah, every for every single podcast. <laughs> you know why? Because he's the most obvious choice to go. For me, I like Chris Higgins because he's a guy you can put on the third yeah. line. He's a threat to score goals. Yeah. He'll score 15 to 20. And if somebody gets hurt in the second line, you know, 15 20 games and you can yeah. put him back in the third line. Matias, we haven't seen enough of really to see. Oh, I don't really think he's going to be, obviously offensively he's not great, but he's a good role player. And uh, Richardson, he's I think, did a great job guy. last year as a third line center. If you can have him as your fourth line center, you'll be okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, except if you want Horvat to play, I think maybe you got to dump Richardson, don't you? Or 
I guess it, I guess it depends on Lyndon Day. Is Lyndon Day a third line center? I mean, the jury's out there. And okay, so we, so I, I yeah, you know what? I I go probably if you could get somebody for Hansen because he's got a limited no trade. I'd like to get rid of the, as many no trades as I can. Uh, yeah, make. absolutely. No. And he's got a pretty good contract. I mean, yeah. I, I think teams would take a flyer on him. And he, he's a guy who I think he'd do a lot better in the East because it's a little bit more wide open there. The guys aren't as big and tough. And if you put him on a third line there, he could probably score 15 goals, right? But here, I, I just think as I'm speaking from a, from a fan perspective, just we've seen enough of the guy to know what he is and what he's not going to bring. So it's just time to cut the cord and let him go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, now, another player that, that people were talking about a lot after the... Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, I'm not used game. to that either. Yeah, I'm not used to that either. <laughs> was uh, Lucas Pisa notably notable Canucks fan on Twitter? Taj was ripping into him all game and just kind of got everybody up in a up in a tizzy on uh, up in a tizzy. I don't know why. Tizzy, I, I, don't I don't know where that came from. <laughs> just, that's just white guy language right there at its finest. Up, up in a tizzy, okay. Everybody is up in a tizzy on the, on the old tweet box. Um, but yeah, so so Taj asks me, uh, "Are you the only fan? Are you the only fan in the Spiza fan club?" And I was defending, I was defending Spiza in terms of if somebody has a crap. I guess here's a larger question: If somebody it looks like crap in preseason or if the team looks like crap in preseason how alarmed do you get and that, that was a tony gallagher article from yesterday yeah uh, saying sound basically there's a bunch of alarm bells that should be going off after that arizona game i kind of i tend to think the, the one especially a guy that's played in the league before and is on a one-way contract i think they're going through the motions in a lot of ways and they're not really giving it I think that's kind of league wide, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're trying to they're trying to get their legs back, and they're and they're trying to. I mean, you know, it's it's a way different than training in the off season and playing, you know, pick up scrimmages at uh, you know UBC or eight ring. It's a different animal. They're trying to get their legs back. They know what it means. They know what it doesn't. That's why I think you are seeing the kids play a little bit harder because to them at nineteen twenty, they're probably just excited to be there and they're you know going to run through everything, go a hundred miles a minute. But with Lucas Pisa, if you, it depends on what you're looking at him. Like, if you're looking at him and saying, wow, we want this guy to be a top four guy, no, he looks like crap. But if you're saying he's going to be your fifth, sixth guy, yeah, you'll be okay. I don't, I don't, what do you expect out of him? I mean, what did Aaron Rome really produce as a, as a sixth man? I mean, it, offensive juggernaut? No, he, he was solid. Yeah. He did make some mistakes. You couldn't put him out, out against the first line. Yeah. But that's what a fifth, sixth defenseman does, right? I think is one of those guys. <laughs> Isn't it the, the guy? Isn't the guy the most picked on guy on any NHL team? Is the big uh, defensive defenseman who's also European? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. If you're European. That's, that's all. Yeah. It's like that's an extra strike always, against you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like fans always give those because you know they're not, you know, they're English is a second language, so they're not necessarily the biggest personality in the yeah. room, right? They're not. Maybe the European thing has nothing to do with it because Dana Merzen is he? He's he was one of the most out. one of the most hated Canucks of all time yeah. by the fans. People really he was a lug, though. That guy was a big lug, man. He just, yeah, <laughs> the people hated him for good reason. He was not good. <laughs> he, was, he was effective back in his day. He was... Yeah, imagine him in today's NHL. Man, he looked like a 70-year-old man on skates. Like, he's not good. But, I mean, Spiza, getting back to Spiza, he had five points last year. Yeah. Five points, a goal and four assists. Well, that's not his job, though. I, right? mean, I mean, he's only there's there's two sides to it. Is one, he's 24 years old. Yeah. But he is a big physical dude. Finishes checks. He'll throw yeah. body checks. But um, 
Again, it's, you're right in what you're saying. It's such a thankless job being a fifth or sixth defenseman because you're really not going to set the world on fire off offensively and you're just good enough defensively to be there. Mm -hmm. So nobody's going to say that, oh, wow, you're not going to be. But, I mean, as a, as a fifth, sixth guy, I think he'll do fine. Definitely, definitely. And now, okay, so stepping back into the, uh, the Yannick Hansen, I think we've talked about Yannick Hansen getting traded every podcast so far. Uh, we've also talked, I think, about the Vancouver Grizzlies randomly for, I don't know why. But we love the Grizzlies. Everybody's a soft spot for the Grizzlies. Well, you know, I, asked, I was asking people on Twitter, I said, hey, you want to ask me anything? Ask me about the Vancouver Grizzlies. Ask me, And then the questions start flowing in. People love to talk about, people love to talk a little Vancouver Grizzlies. Um, and so let's start with the, the most difficult question first. <laughs> this comes from Otto Kicked It In on Twitter. Rank the Grizzlies second round picks by personality. So this is a this is a two parter. First of all, you got to figure out who the Grizzlies second round. Picks okay, look, are. can I try and name them? Okay, okay, okay I, let's I see if I can do this. Six of them. Okay, let's see. Okay, I can, I know I'm gonna get Lawrence Moten. Yeah, I know that first one. First ever second round pick. By Chris Robinson. <laughs> wow, yeah. Uh, J.R. Henderson. <laughs> yes. Obina Akizi. Wow. Okay, you that's four, right? The, you don't have to listen. No, to no, no, no. Wow, no. that's crazy. Uh, okay, that's four. Um, I think Felipe Lopez was a... No, you know you're not going to get the other two because the other two never actually played a game for they the never Grizzlies. Actually no, played the game. other two are CJ... Oh, wait, what about Roy Rogers? No, no, he was, their first, he was their second pick in the first round. Ah. And uh, Antoine Smith was the other one. I've never yeah, They never played, a game for the, uh, never played a game in the NBA. So yeah, so okay, maybe we'll stick to the stick to the four guys: Lawrence Moten, Chris Robinson, J.R. Anderson, Obino. I gotta I gotta admit, I only remember Moten. I remember Moten distinctively. Well, because he had the high socks, and that's why he was well, actually supposed pretty good. He was he was really good in college. He went to Syracuse. I know that, but yeah. he was he was quite good in college. I, I remember going to a game uh, in the Grizzlies, like second or third year, and chanting like for like ten minutes, <laughs> "We want Moten," because like they were getting yeah they were getting whooped by Phoenix, I think, in that game. They what lost else by like forty points. Yeah. And we were like, come on, put Moten in, put Moten in. They put him in, he's terrible. <laughs> he's horrible. Yeah, he was not good. You know what? Uh, what's his name? Chris Robinson, they, I remember him because he played in their second year. Yeah. And I think they went 14 and 68 that year. And Stu Jackson was a coach. He got to play towards the end. And he was he was all right. I mean, he's not going to be a stud in the NBA by any means. But second round, why are we even talking about Grizzly second round? <laughs> I don't know. I was just intrigued by it. That was a creative <laughs> question. Uh, I, I'd say, you know what, Lawrence Moten, he's the only one I really remember. I remember O'Keezy a little bit. But Moten, I love Moten with the high socks. That was another. That was another question. Was from uh, the Coop on Twitter. Did Lawrence Moten really think he looked cool with his high his socks that high? I thought he looked. I thought they looked cool at the time. I thought it was really cool. I don't know if he looked cool, man. <laughs> I don't I know. He, he was all right. He was all right. Sure. He was crap. They're all crap. Okay. Hey. hey speaking <laughs> of Roy Rogers, uh, another one from the Coop. Roy Rogers or Stromile Swift? Best alliteration name. Oh, Stromile Swift, yeah. hands down. What a good when they draft him, I'm like, oh, this guy's got to be good because he's got a cool name. He was the Stro Show. The Stro Show, yeah. And he had that little what was it? Was it was like a some kind of bird yeah, wings like going a, up. Yeah, like a, I don't know, a hawk or what? What it was? I mean, they used to run he that same alley you played. Do you remember that? They the same backdoor alley you played. He would go running down the down the lane and they'd chuck it up, and it was a dunk every time. You're like, oh, this guy can be good, but he washed out real quick as well. <laughs> yeah. They were just bad. They were bad drafting, bad management, bad ownership, bad everything. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. This is not Grizzlies related, but it's uh, from Wayne O'Brien on Twitter. Uh, is John Garrett single? I don't know. And I don't, do we care if John Garrett yeah. is single? <laughs> I, I know he likes craft singles. Really? Oh, craft singles? You know how he goes on about all Processed these safe plays, the safe cheese. <laughs> Come on, man. Right? Okay, okay, admit it. If, 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 can you not see this? If if they said, okay, this, the, you know, the Safeway power play 
yeah, contestant, yeah. whatever, entered by buying craft singles, he'd be like, oh, yeah, like craft singles, you know, you put them on. He's a company man. He's trying to sell the product, right? Put them on there and <laughs> nicely. Some of those nice squares. He needs to buy some real time. cheese, first off, because that processed stuff is not good. <laughs> and we don't care if John Garrett is single or not, all right? <laughs> uh, what do we got? What else do we have here on Twitter? We have... Um, now, here, here's an interesting one. At what point in the season do you have to give the it's not you, it's me conversation with the Sedins? And this is from at Buck Faustin on Twitter. Buck Faustin. Um, and I think what he's getting at here is... At what point do we go, Sedins are not elite players anymore? And maybe that's a question, do you think they're elite players? No. Not, a, I mean, are they Are they still very good players? Yes. Are no. they elite? No. I, I think uh, you'd be lying if uh, anybody is being a total homer if they're saying they still are. Do you think they can win a Stanley Cup as the city? you know? If no. You had, if you change the sporting cast around them, can you win a Stanley Cup with the Sedins as a first line anymore? No. No, can you win them if they're your second line and you have a couple other studs playing in front of them on the first line? Absolutely, but as frontline players, I, I don't, I don't I think, think they're going to. If you had a really balanced team and you had a really good lineup, top to bottom, um, and you had a solid second line, sort of like how Boston had, as a, as I'm going to cry about 2011 again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's stay away from <laughs> that for Krejci, once, right? <laughs> Krejci was the number one center. I guess Krejci's proven to be a pretty good center, but is he... In the not, playoffs, he's ripped it up for him every single yeah, time totally. they made a run. I mean, even when they lost to Chicago in in the finals that year, he played really well. Definitely, but I, but again, he's not the focus of the other team, right? you got a lot of other guys to worry about. you got Bergeron as a second-line center, and they're really just a, kind of like a 1A, 1B. I think if Sedin's had like a 1, if they were like a 1A, 1B, I think you could win with them. I think that's what they're, I think yeah. that's what, you know, you're, it's interesting that we bring that up because I think you've seen that same thing with what Jim Benning is trying to do here with Boston. I was actually thinking this, I'm not comparing the Canucks to Boston right now at all, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm saying that what, um, and we used to joke about, oh, the Boston model, that's what he's been trying to bring in. <laughs> well, but yes, they're a much deeper team though. I'm sort of surprised that the, the whole Boston model uh, talk has kind of gone away. Like, it, yeah. we haven't really heard any talk about that since Since July. he came, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I guess because I guess he didn't sign like Sean Thornton, people are worried he's going to do that, just get big. Well, you know, he, he hasn't really done that, right? Like they, they have. But he's made him. But he's made him deeper. And you were saying, you know, Boston didn't. They don't really have a number yeah. one line. They have. They have good front end players with Bergeron, Lucic, uh, you know, Marchand, yep. Krejci. All of them can score, give and take. And I think that's what he was able to do, at least in this offseason. I think he did a really good job. I mean, yeah, they don't have a legitimate second line. I think Alex Burrows looks really bad right now. I hope it's just preseason, like yeah. we said. But um, you know, they're a lot deeper now. And they they have a lot more threats in terms of. They're not playing Rick, Victor Oreskovich on the fourth line. Oh, man, right? Victor Oreskovich. Remember Alexander Balduk? Oh, God. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, are they, what are these experiments, man? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the team right now is, is uh, they've got a lot of third and fourth line guys. And a lot of, well, I guess it's a lot of guys that were, I guess they've got, they got Sidine line with Verbata, and then they've got three third lines. <laughs> is anybody going to step which up? I, think, I guess that's the way to go. If you don't have a, a legit second line, just be deep, and you can just. I, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what Willie Desjardins does. Is he gonna shuffle his lines a lot? Is he gonna go up, you know, uh, make guys earn time? You know, if, if uh, Sean Matthias is likely to start on the fourth line, if he shows well, is he gonna get promoted real quick to the second line? Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what he does because so far in the preseason, he, he, Desjardins kind of shown that he's he's picked his lines and he's. Sticking to him, pretty more. much sticking yeah. to it, with a few exceptions here and there. But yes, yeah, it's, it's really going to be interesting and um, to see what happens. I, I know Lyndon Vay. I think he's a real wild card for me. I mean, 
the top what do you think of, of his what do you think of his play so far he's very up and down i mean they Basil, he's made some great plays in the offensive zone, but man, he looks suspect in the D zone, and he's terrible on faceoffs, and he's pretty small. I don't remember reading it. Somebody was saying it on Twitter. I don't know if it was an actual Canucks, like one of the reporters or whatnot, but they were like, you know, play him as a winger. Because I think yeah. he does. He does look good offensively. He looks good on, on the power play with the Sedins. He's not uncomfortable. He's not making dumb plays. His passes are going tape to tape. Yep. As the, out of the forwards, the center is the most important defensively. If he's not ready for that, maybe you can play him. As as a winger and somebody you can play with Horvat maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean that. Yeah, I mean that definitely opens up more of a spot if 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 Vay's not not going to be uh, trusted as a center, then Horvat, you know, enter Horvat whether he plays third line or fourth line, then they move uh, Richardson or Matthias up to uh, up to the third line. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be really interesting. I, I don't know if you notice in their power play they've got Lyndon Vay's playing as. Yeah, on the point, it's yeah. kind of a rover. I really like that so far. Yeah, the power play looks a lot better. I will say that they're moving more. It's not just a, you know let's just tee it up for the for the defenseman to you know take a one timer. <laughs> it's they're moving the puck more, than, and I think the power play will be a lot better this year. Will it be as good as it was in their prime? No. Will it be a top ten to fifteen? I think so. Pro yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting maybe. to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, top, ten to fifteen, I can see that. They really are going to have to be. It's it's interesting how they're going to set up their their power play this year because they don't have that real big net front presence guy. Like I guess like a Verbata is he that guy? But they want him for one time or some yeah. Sedins. So they got Sedins and Verbata up front. Edler and Vay. They're sort of going. It's you know sort of like this Back to the Future going back to how they kind of ran it in 20, 2011. Well, that's where they had the most success, and they have a lot of the same personnel. So you got to go with it. I mean, at least they're not doing blocking shots and and you know <laughs> putting the Sedins out there, killing penalties and doing this and know. doing that. So well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think if they're a top ten to fifteen power play team, they could. Squeeze back into the playoffs, maybe. I I can see <laughs> them. Uh, honestly, I, I was reading. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to read it or not, but Pierre LeBrun yeah. he did the Canucks uh, preview on ESPN.com, and he said it. He goes, you know, they aren't as bad as as what they showed last year. I, I really believe that the system that they played was screwed up. Their coach was an idiot, and that showed. But if they have everybody at full strength, they they, don't, they avoid the injuries to the key guys like Henrik and Daniel and Burroughs, those guys last year. I think they can challenge for one of the two wild card spots. I, I don't think they're going to finish in the top three in the division. Absolutely oh, yeah, not. No. But it can, can they finish as a, one or the first or second wild card? Absolutely. I think they've got a shot, but you know, if I had to put money on it right now, I'm I can't say you can't say that they're a favorite. I don't think. I think I I think a favorite to win the cup. Or you think no, a favorite to make favorite, the playoffs? Favorite to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think I think they're destined, and I hate this is the worst place to finish. I think they're destined to finish ninth or tenth. Yeah, that is a crappy place to finish because of the, the picks. Worst. Yeah. It's the worst. And I think they're sort of destined to do that unless Ryan Miller or Eddie Lack, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be Miller, and I think they're, they're going to roll with Miller throughout the year. Can you just feel the rumblings of a goalie controversy? Yeah, you know what? I, I think they're kind of people are trying to build one up now. Yeah. And what I've seen is with Eddie Lack, and this is no disrespect. Again, he's a young guy, young yeah. goalie. He's going to be good. He, he'll do great as a 20, 25 games that, that he plays if he plays that this year. But last year, he wasn't that great that you can say, oh, wow, you know, Eddie Locke really kept him in the playoff race. He, he was, his numbers were terrible when he became the full-time starter. And, yeah, he got ran into the ground. You could say that. But that's a part of being a number one, and I don't yeah. think he's ready for it right now. Yeah, I mean, I, people talk a lot about how he got ran into the ground by Tortorella, but I, I, I definitely remember him faltering before he got ran into the ground. Uh, I was there at that Islanders game. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, Islanders when they scored game? seven in the third oh, or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. That was like... That was like Lax, I believe that was Lax's third or fourth game after Luongo got traded. So he was 
pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think the jury's out a little bit on is Locke a legit legit starting goalie in the league? Is he is he a and definitely the jury's out is he a good starting goalie in the league? I think that'll you know what I think he needs a couple of years to prove that. I don't think he's ready to be yeah. that right now. I don't think he could be ready next next year will be ready for ready for more of a workload. Yeah, you can play thirty to thirty five yeah. next year, but right now I think based on what he showed last year he has flashes of it. He's gonna be really good but you got to give the guy time to develop. If they would have played him with the number one goalie this year, their chance of even making the playoffs would have been way, way less than what they are now. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I think Miller obviously is the safer choice. Uh, I think you can poke holes in, in the Cucks' decision to actually uh, sign that contract for six million dollars over, you know, with three years. But now that he's already here, I think he's he's going to be the guy. I think, but I definitely know if. He falters if he has a bad stretch, especially early. The Canuck fans, you just know it's going to happen. You got the lovable back. We love our backups, we love the anyway, backups yeah. but Eddie Lack is maybe, might be the most lovable guy in the whole NHL. Uh, <laughs> um, he is really he's an and, endearing guy. I'm not going to say you know he, he is has, absolutely. He has that plus. He has the best name to chant. Yeah. Eddie. Yeah. Eddie. You yeah. know it's coming. Yeah. And if, if Miller has a stretch, even if they just stick with Miller, oh my God, I, I can hear it now. I don't think that that, I think Miller's the guy. I think he's, he's the better of the two. But I just, I you can, can feel, feel it coming. I can feel it coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Again, I think that's what makes this year interesting is we're going to see how all this plays out. And that's why we're, we're all looking forward to it. Um, this is going to wrap up this episode for Rob the Hockey Guy Podcast. You can download us on iTunes. We're going to be up on vancitybuzz.com.